So we were transported in the trucks. And it was raining on that day. And they told us, this is the place where you guys are going to stay. And they gave us tents. So when it was raining, and people were building tents. I remember my brother, he was so tired and sleepy. He slept in, in the water. Hmm. Yes. So that was really, really bad. I remember people were dying, like bit by snakes and other eaten by lions. So it was really bad. It's time for Mid-South Viewpoint. Hi, I'm Byron Tyler. Glad to have you along today as we get together with the folks from World Relief Memphis. David Frazier kind of sort of arranged this as we saw each other on a bicycle run a couple weeks ago. We both found our stop at the Chick-fil-A on Germantown Parkway, and I guess all roads lead to Chick-fil-A, right? And so we found ourselves there after a tiring bike ride. We started talking about different ministries in town, and, and he reminded me about a ministry I'm already familiar with, World Relief Memphis. P.J. Moore is the director. P.J., good to have you back. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having us, Byron. Appreciate uh, it. So tell me, how's summer going for you and your families? What's going on with you? Yeah, I feel like as the weather's gotten warmer, we've been able to enjoy uh, the parks around the city. We've got a um, 11-month-old foster uh, little baby girl, and so she's learning how to walk and slides and swings, <laughs> and so we're enjoying the city in a new way. What yeah. a great time to have yeah. a little one in the house, too. Well, you also have uh, one of your staff members. He is the resettlement specialist. I like that when you put a specialist on there because he has all the inside info on what it means to do his job. But uh, Bazusi, is that right? Yes, that's right. Bazusi from Congo. Yes, in Democratic Republic of Congo. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint and, and welcome to Memphis, which you've been here for a number of years now. Yes, four years and nine months. Tell me your World Relief Memphis story. So 2014, I resettled here through World Relief. After our time of resettlement, I started volunteering and get familiar with the community and serving in different ways. Then World Relief was looking for someone who could carry on with a role that was for another former refugee. So they reached out to me and I said, this is another opportunity. So, And you yeah, signed up, yes, huh? Yes. I'm, I'm the one. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I joined the team and it has been almost three years and it has been wonderful because we have a very wonderful people working together to save our community. I realize it's been some four years since you've been here to the yes, United yes. States, mm-hmm. but let's back up and let's talk about your initial experience and just some of your first impressions from the time you got off the plane and came to Memphis and some of the your observations. What were some differences for you? Yeah, Catherine Gross was my case manager when he came to welcome us to the airport with another community member. So that playing Christian music and was so amazed to see the team that came to welcome us was other Christian and we felt like I uh, and my brother that that was so wonderful. I can say that transition wasn't that very hard for us because we were in a community that loved people, in a community that welcomed people. So for us it was really beautiful here in Memphis. So you were already a follower of Jesus Christ yes, when you came yes, to the United came, States. Uh, yes. and so you met some fellow Christians. Christian, and, yes. And that was encouraging to you. That was. That yeah. was really. Kind of like finding family. Yes, that is true. That is true. So I joined House Church, former director of World Relief, Steve Moses. I remember so, Steve. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we joined the church. I started serving there. And now 
I'm one of the leader of one of the parish. Of the house church? Of the house church. Oh, okay. yeah, that so, is wonderful. Yes. Can you think about maybe some of the differences or maybe some things that were, I say, unusual that you were accustomed to? Was there anything that was different out of the box? Maybe the way something functioned in the house or something that you experienced is trying to maybe get a driver's license or something that stood out to you that was different living in the U.S.? The weather was the first thing. Was it? <laughs> yes, weather was completely different. In what way? Um, you know, Africa's warm, and when we came... It was a little bit colder compared to where we came from, so that was a little bit challenging in the beginning, but now I get used to it. I met a guy who actually started a ministry called Samaritan's Feet. I don't know if you know about that, Mm -hmm. but Manny is from Nigeria, and he came to the United States on a basketball scholarship. He had, like, North Carolina, Florida State, and South Dakota that were all recruiting him. He thought South was the South, so he chose South Dakota. (laughs) (laughs) He'd never seen snow before, you know? Yeah. So in the year that we came, yeah, it snowed a lot. Oh, and did that it? was the, after 10 years, even <laughs> Memphian would say, oh, we haven't seen this for a while. So I remember Suzy, the day we were going to go to your first day of yes, work, work. Um, we got, Suzy, you and your brother had a job um, fixing computers, repairing computers. And it was the first day we were going to go to the morning shift and it was like four in the morning. Do you yes, remember that? Yes, <laughs> and it was all the road full of of snow. Snow and yeah. ice, maybe. Mm-hmm. The dangerous thing about snow in Memphis are the Memphis drivers, you know? Because <laughs> no one knows how to drive, you know, on this stuff, you know, here. We're not really yeah. prepared for it. Yes. So that was kind of your initiation then yes. into our city. Mm-hmm. Your job now is with World Relief, yes. right? So you're helping people do what you had someone help you do to resettle, get situated, I guess. Is that more or less your job Mm -hmm. title? Tell me about your job responsibilities. It's kind of case management. So we start preparing for the housing. The time we receive information that this client will be allocated to Memphis. So we start finding housing, preparing for housing. If the family has like USATI, so we reach out, we coordinate with the USATI for housing and see which area we're going to set the family. So when the family arrives at the airport, we go and pick up the airport. We take them home, and we prepare all the basic needs. We set apartment. We furnish with all basic needs for the, all basic needs. So we help the family get all those IDs, uh, social security, state ID, and normally they have to go through uh, another screening that we call uh, initial physical. So we provide those, facilitate that to happen, and we apply for other public services like food stamp, and enroll kids in school. And somebody might say, well, why would you provide food stamps? Now, I think we need to clarify Mm -hmm. the position, PJ, of those who resettle as refugees because they're here on a political or government protection and kind of like an asylum. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So we're uh, preparing to celebrate, uh, as a term that we use carefully, um, World Refugee Day here on Thursday of this week, the 20th, June 20th. We celebrate every year. Um, and there's 68.5 million people displaced around the world. 25 million of those are refugees. And refugee is someone that's been designated a very particular immigration definition. They've been forced to flee from their home country because of war, 
persecution, maybe genocide because of fear for their lives. They can't return home because of their political opinion or social group affiliation, maybe their um, religious background. Those that are coming to the United States have been invited by the U.S. government. They've been screened, thoroughly vetted through numerous background checks and things like that. Vesuze was one of those, of those 25 million, about 1%, less than 1% end up being resettled in a country like the United States or Australia or Canada. And Vesuze was one of those people that basically yes. won the lottery um, and was able to come and basically rebuild his life with his family here in the United States. The conditions that caused you to have to flee your homeland of the Democratic Republic of the Congo, was it because of you being a Christian, or was it political reasons, or? Just his security. Okay. Yeah. It was because of war, and it wasn't safe for us to stay there. So we have to leave the country and go to another country. Okay. If you could just be a little more descriptive, if you say it wasn't safe, Tell people listening, because I don't think we understand sometimes we don't see safety issues that would keep us from living in America. Mm -hmm. So what would be some safety concerns for you and your family that would cause you to leave your homeland? When there's a war and mostly youth are targeting to join army or those rebel groups, sometimes you don't know what will happen. For us, that was 1996 for the first time, and we went to a refugee camp. And after one year, one year and a half, we went back home because we thought it was safe. After two months, we had to run again. It wasn't safe. It wasn't safe, really. People die in the wars, and some would get accused because, you know, they said that you guys were supporting rebel, or you guys you were providing this to rebel, and many people, innocent, ended up dying. A lot of distrust. Yes. Yeah. So for us and my parents, because my dad was um, one of the community leaders, and was known a lot, so he's the one who decided, no, for you guys, it's not good to be here, so you had to leave the country. Yeah. So we left the country, we went to Tanzania, then Mozambique, then South Africa. In your time in the refugee camps, how long was that? You said one year total? Yes, yes, I stayed, the first time I stayed in the refugee camp, that was from 1996 to 1998. We went back home to Congo, and the same year, 1998, after one month and two months, the war started again. We went back to that refugee camp. And 2000, um, I personally I went back home to Congo, and I stayed there two years, and I went back again to the refugee camp. Yeah. And then I had a brother living in Mozambique. Say, oh, come join me here in another refugee camp. So I went and stayed with him. So totally I lived like almost three and or four years in the refugee camp. Conditions in the refugee camp, what were they like? Bad, really. The first time, you know, it was kind of normal. But then when you look at the parent, how they struggle to provide food, and you're sleeping in some really bad condition, then you realize... When you say bad conditions, how bad? What were they like? That, that was really bad. I remember when we, when we went to that refugee camp, there was no any house. It was just trees. So we were transported in the trucks. And it was raining on that day, and they told us, this is the place where you guys are going to stay. And they gave us tent. So when it was raining, and people were building tents. I remember my brother, he was so tired and sleepy. He slept in, in the water. Hmm. Yes. So that was really, really bad. I remember people were dying, like bit by snakes and other eaten by lions. So it was really bad. Oh, my. Yeah. The first person to die in that country was my cousin. In 1996, that was the first to open the cemetery. Your cousin? He, my cousin. And how did he die? He, he, was, he was sick when he 
thing. So there was no doctors, doctors. There was no any kind of treatment that was provided to him. So he couldn't resist and ended up dying. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, PJ, in your work that you do as director of World Relief Memphis, I mean, you hear and see the story repeated over and over again, don't you? Yeah, it's it's pretty uh, humbling to be a part of just a small you know piece of the story of some of the families that we get to serve. Um, and you know, sadly, Basuze's story, while it is um, incredibly powerful and um, just you know scratching the surface on some of his experience today, um, it's not that unique. You know, yep. there's people all over the world that are experiencing really difficult things. Well, I shared with you before we went on the air today about my experience back in the mid '90s. We were serving as missionaries with Transworld mm-hmm. Radio on the island of Guam. Now, Guam is U.S. territory, you know, and you wouldn't think necessarily related to any type of refugee resettlement work. But in that time, Saddam Hussein was had been persecuting those in northern Iraq, the Kurdish mm-hmm. people in northern Iraq. It had been all over the news. And finally, there was an, an exodus, a mass exodus, and I remember probably close to 15,000 Kurdish evacuees left northern Iraq. About 2 o'clock in the morning, CIA planes brought them to the island. And I remember some of our TWR staff volunteered with the Salvation Army to greet those Kurds coming off of those planes. And I'll never forget people coming down off the plane, kissing the ground, weeping and with joy. It was Christmas time, so we provided balls and some toys for the children, mm-hmm. some refreshments as they were being placed. There was some empty military housing base section that was their living quarters while they were being processed at the time. And I didn't speak the language, but just being there smiling and sometimes putting an arm around some of the men and saying, welcome, and here's a bottle of cold water. I didn't know what else to do, but I just felt like I needed to do something. That experience, I never will forget, as I told you that. It was very moving, you know, to see they had fled everything. And some of them had lost their entire families, you know, and that left those back behind in Iraq to see that firsthand. You know, we Americans, we don't really see sometimes we hear about people from different countries coming here and we have these guards up, you know, and not understanding the story and what's behind that. It's so important. Yeah, absolutely, Byron. The families that we serve, the people that we see um, in those images, maybe on TV, their desires, their hopes are the same as you and I as people that have grown up in America. We want what's best for our children. We want um, freedom. We want to be able to have an opportunity to succeed, to realize fully our God-given potential. And that's what these families are, are fleeing for. They're fleeing from these horrific things, fleeing from instability to be able to, to find that peace. And so I'm encouraged, too, just to hear of the response that you got to be a part of probably informed by your Christian faith mm-hmm. and to be compassionate, to be welcoming and hospitable towards the sojourner, towards the orphan and the widow. Um, but it's challenging, though, because we want to be people of compassion. Yes. But we also want to be people that, you know, we're a sovereign country. We have sovereign borders and we want to be secure as well. Yes. And so how is as followers of balance? Christ yeah. do we hold those things in tension? It's really challenging. Well, you know, I was looking at something. There's a great resource called the Bible Project. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen it or not. Mm-hmm. They great, do some great videos. And I was watching one recently. And they were talking about justice and righteousness, you know, and talking about what that looks like for us. And really a great description is we were all made in the image of God. And so as we look at people like that, not because you're from the Democrat Republic of the Congo or that you're from Iraq or if you're from West Memphis or wherever you're from, 
that we are all made in the image of God. And if we looked at each other like that, we might see some differences in a lot of areas when it comes to justice or injustice, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Basuza, you know, you, you can speak to this too. We, we spend a lot of time at World Relief unpacking what does Scripture say about some of these things. You know, as followers of Christ, um, we want to start with the Word of God. And let's go and see what it says. And, and you're exactly right. Um, you know, each person, no matter where they're from, what they believe in that moment, or, um, you know, they're, they're made in the image of God. And so yep. they're, they're deserving of dignity and respect. And if we start there, um, it's, it's a good place to start. Well, there's one race, the human race. We all have the same bloodline. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and and I was good. looking at some of the numbers, you know, when we look at uh, the U.S. taking in refugees into the United States, and the number has actually decreased over mm-hmm. the years. That number is really set by the president and Congress as they work together, is my understanding. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's right. But what I understand that this year, 2019, 30,000 has been the number, kind of the, the cap by President Trump was set back a couple years or so ago to 45,000, which I don't think we've reset. Now, I think the last year before uh, President Obama finished his term, I think he had set the number to 85,000 there. About I don't know if we reached that number, but that was the cap number at that time. But it has slowly gone down. And I understand in order to reach the current number, you would have to take in quite a bit of refugees every month between now and the rest of the year to be able to meet that number. Yeah, so... Um on average, as a, as a nation, since the beginning of the refugee program that the, you know, the government set up, the average has been about 95,000 refugees that we've welcomed um, with compassion and hospitality and through some of this programming that Basuze serves out of. Um, at, at World Relief, we do that alongside local churches, and we can get to that in a moment. But um, yes, uh, it was set, and we, we actually achieved 85,000 um, um, under Obama's um, administration his last year. Um, and then it was actually set to be 110,000, um, and through executive orders that was changed um, down to 45,000. Uh, and then this year it's been set at 30,000, and we're on pace to hit, uh, I think it's 24,000 this year at, at our current pace. So we won't really even get to that 30,000, which is a historical low. Yeah, and I think like the state of Texas and California, they predominantly take most of the refugees, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, some of those larger states do. I think um, Tennessee might be the fifth most um, in terms of at least secondary migrants. So yeah, there's, but I think every state, all I think 49 of 50 states um, have um, refugee programming through partnership with the State Department. The top 10 countries in 2018, Democrat Republic of Congo, mm-hmm. Burma, Ukraine, Bhutan, uh, Afghanistan, El Salvador, Pakistan, Russia, and Ethiopia. That's what I read from the statistics I came up with. Is yeah, that- there's some great resources online yeah. um, with the State Department, um, with um, RCUSA. There's some great statistics if people want to know who's coming and where they're coming from. All those things are recorded by our government, and um, everyone has case numbers that they're set up with and are tracked that way. So it's um, it's a pretty robust program, um, and we see um, in the long run for the state of Tennessee, we actually see that um, while on the front end there is initial cost. We were mentioning food stamps earlier, um, but we see that our, our, our new neighbors, they see those things as, as temporary, as stepping stones, and actually immigrants over the last 25 years in Tennessee have almost doubled um, what they cost um, in revenue for the state. 
um, they make up for um, after paying over ta- that time. Paying taxes. So, yeah, they yep. pay their taxes. They, they are giving back to the community. So. Well, mm-hmm. I want to make sure we also clarify a couple of things. World Relief Memphis Services, right here in our city, uh, refugee resettlement, which we've talked about, yes. employment services, immigration legal services, because those things do come up, and you guys provide all of that. Is that right? Yes, we also provide English as a second language. And this is some great news that we're going to share now about the open house, because You've just moved to a brand new facility located at the Cherokee Baptist Church. And this has created an opportunity for you just to move your whole offices there. Is that right, PJ? That's right. Yeah. So we have our language center there. It's about 8,000 square feet of of classroom space. Um, And we also just moved our offices over there. And it's been a really great tool for us to be able to welcome churches, um, welcome our neighbors in, um, for them to really engage the nations. We'll serve probably about seven to 800 people this year from over 50 different countries um, through our new office space, yeah. And open house is this, you already had kind of a soft opening, but this mm-hmm. is a open to the community. We want all of our Bot Radio Network listeners to come out this Thursday, and that is uh, World Refugee Day, June... June 20th. June 20th, that's yeah. Thursday. This Thursday, what time? Tell me the details. So the open house is from 2 p.m. to 7 p.m. We'll have music by some of our former clients, uh, we'll have uh, yours truly, Basuze. I'm signing him up right now. Are you going to sing? Uh, I want to sing. <laughs> Are you going to sing with my group? Can you yeah. give us a sample? <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to come and see. It's I'm a, it's a, a yeah. You, you have need, to come. You need listen. a banjo, right? No, I'm just kidding. No, you, need a, you need some instrumentation behind yes. you. It'll be a great event. Yeah. We're going to have um, food by uh, from restaurants that are owned by refugees that have come and started business here and are employing others in the city. So food, music, a bunch of fo- we'll have a photo exhibit and some other things. So it'll be hey, a great time. You need to take advantage of some of this food that's coming to our city. That's I mean, true. the new Crosstown Concourse has uh, a restaurant there. Absolutely, yeah, Global Cafe. Global, Global Cafe. Cafe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went over there recently and just had a tremendous meal. Oh, my yeah. goodness. And what's great is it's like a cafeteria. If you want Sudanese, if you want – I mean, there's a variety mm-hmm. of these different countries, the food you can taste. And I just saw where there's uh, – somebody's getting ready to open up something new over there. Did you see that? Yeah, I can't remember what it is, but I, yeah. you're right. Yeah, they're transitioning one of the stalls over. So it's yeah. always changing. Uh-huh. You've got to taste it. you got to taste international food. It's, it's a great way to do that. But you'll have some tasting there at the open house. Yes, yeah, we'll have some of those restaurants there as well as another one um, a little further out east towards Bartlett. There's a restaurant that one of our families started from Syria. Um, and so it's really great hummus and, uh, you know, pita bread oh, with lamb. Yep. And it's it's really good. Good stuff. So, yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Got to try that. Okay, that's going to be from 2 to 7. Let's also talk just a second about International Refugee Day. Yeah, Global Day of Recognition. You know, realizing the um, incredible resiliency that that these millions of refugees, uh, the things they've overcome and the things they've walked through in their life, and so it's time to raise awareness about those challenges and and celebrate the diversity they bring to their new communities and just the resiliency of things they've overcome. Yeah. There's volunteer opportunities too. I guess if you needed some folks to be involved with helping resettle families, like you said, there was this dear lady, Catherine. I believe you said yes met you at the airport, you need volunteer families who can adopt some of those. Yes, that is true. How does that work? And that's, um, I think that's, you know, when family come and see people come to welcome them at the airport, give them another image. So they stuck with that image. They see the city in a different way. They find hope. The love that they are shown on that day, it just give them that chance, that ability to say, okay, this is a new place. This is a new home. There's yes. no nothing to fear again. So we encourage those people out there who they are willing to partner with us in terms of volunteering. 
they are most welcome. I can't imagine, as you describe what it was like leaving your homeland. I mean, you didn't want to have to leave, but because of the circumstances of war, you were forced to. And you come to a new place, PJ, and you get off the plane and no one's there to greet you or or smile at you. I mean, that's got to be kind of discouraging. Yeah, we're grateful that we can help local churches um, do two things. Fulfill the Great Commission, making disciples of all nations. And they can do that right here in Memphis. And they can also fulfill the great commandment to love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. And you wow. can do all those things, like Basuze said, through partnership with World Relief, through through meeting your neighbor, through welcoming someone that yeah. might not be from Memphis. So. Okay, we've got to give the address. It's over on Quince, I believe. Yeah, yes. 5340 Quince Road. Okay, you're sure now. Yeah, I'm, I had to I had to double check. Is that right, Basuse? That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes, uh, new address for us. Yeah, Memphis, Tennessee, three eight one one nine. People will recognize yes, the we'll Cherokee. Recognize, yes. Baptist has been there for so long. Yeah, and they just renamed it, actually. So now it's Redeemer Baptist Fellowship. It's right there on the corner of Estate and Quince, a big parking lot off Estate. Um, and well, there's signage. You'll, it's pretty easy to, to see the World Relief signs. So that's this Thursday, June 20th, from 2 until 7. Come after work. Bring the family, too. And come yes, check out. And, and you're going to sing for us. Yes, I want to sing. I want to sing on that day. Uh, I think it will be beautiful, not only to see where the office is, but also to learn about what World Relief has been doing in the city and to also have some friends or that have been involving in life of those refugees and immigrants, as well from refugees who have been here to learn about what they experienced when they first came here and how their life has changed. Yes. So it would be good to come and learn firsthand. And if folks want more information, too, you have a wonderful website, which is PJ. It's worldreliefmemphis.org. Okay. There's also a Facebook page. You can check out World Relief Memphis. Uh, stay connected. Uh, volunteer. Even from time to time, drop by. Here's a stack of gift cards from Walmart. You can find a home for those gift cards, couldn't you? Absolutely, yeah. We, we do apartment setups for our new families. So couches, kitchen tables and chairs, um, gift cards to Walmart, and yeah. uh, those are all great things for that, that help our ministry. Gently use clothing items, friends. If you're going to get rid of something, consider if it's gently worn. We don't want holes in it, but if it's gently <laughs> worn, and maybe even some brand new stuff, too, it would be nice. You could provide shoes, clothing like that. You could drop by World Relief Memphis. Connect with them. Pray for this ministry. They're doing a great job. We appreciate them helping out those coming to our city. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for what you're both doing for Christ's kingdom in our city through World Relief Memphis. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for having us. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I do appreciate you stopping by. Please don't forget about International Refugee Awareness Day, Thursday, being prayer for those refugees in our city. And don't forget the open house at World Relief Memphis. The address, again, is 5340 Quince Road there at Quince and Estate. Come by between 2 and 7. If your kids are out of school right now, so this is a great opportunity for you to uh, connect your kids and your family with those in our city that uh, would like to see a family love on them. You have an opportunity to invest and uh, share Christ's love that way. But we're going to say goodbye. It's time to get out of here. Thanks for listening. I'm Byron Tyler. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.